Sports Beat Podcast. This is your host, Aaron Daniels. And uh, I got a good friend of mine, a young brother. He's a, a college basketball player nowadays, but I got the privilege to, to know the cat even through his high school days all the way on up to now. One of the hardest working student athletes I've been around. He just finished his junior season at Roger State University, and he knows all about this new level of uh, competitive sports. And he's going to talk to us a little bit about it tonight. Tavian Davis, that's what I'm talking about. You there with me? All yes, right, sir. Man. Yes, sir. I'm glad we finally were able to connect, man. Tell, tell us, we, we're going to start with the most recent events, man. Tell us about your, your junior season, how it went for you personally, and then how it went for the ball club as a whole. Um, it, very well for me personally, you know, coming off last year, I had to step up because we had a few injuries. So my minutes went up a lot, but this year, you know, I was looked at as more of a point guard, more of a leader type on the team. And it was, it was an adjustment coming from playing with coach Barry in high school. You know, we never really had a true point guard. It was just swing the ball around, go make a play. So it was a huge adjustment for me knowing when to be a point guard, when to score, when to pass, and just simple things like that. So it was a it was a great year for me. And as far as the team, you know, we lost a few games that we shouldn't have lost, but we got to 20 wins this season. So, you know, anybody that plays college ball understands that that's a hard number to get to, and um, we achieved it this year. So that's I was, I was real time. proud now, of my team As far team as you year. yourself, I feel like you know yourself better than anybody does. What would you say – um, which position, rather, do you look at as being your natural position? Which one do, does your instincts fit? Are you more of a two, you think, or are you more of a one or a combination of both? How, how do you break it down? Um, I, I really okay. consider myself a combo because, like I said, I've, I've never been just a true point guard to where it's just pass first, pass first. I was always – I grew up knowing, you know, you have teammates, so pass the ball. Obviously, you know, obviously everybody done that. But then again, everybody has that scoring factor. So it's just um, – it, that was also a challenge for me this year is just knowing when to attack, when not to attack, when to pass the ball and things like that. But I definitely good consider deal, myself – Good deal. Now, in your estimation, ball. in your college in your college career all the way up to this point, because I remember you and I would talk a little bit, um, especially during your first year. I remember your minutes were kind of sporadic. You know, some games you may play significant minutes and other games you know maybe not so much um how, how long did it take for you to get yourself I don't want to say used to it but getting getting yourself ready and staying ready so you wouldn't be shocked whenever coach pull you to pull your number and say hey Tavian I need you to go in that game but was that a rough adjustment going from being being a max minutes guy in high school to somebody oh. that was sort of at the bottom of the food chain in, high, in college um if we, being completely honest you know Coming from high school, like you said, being with Coach Barry, you know, I was I was always relied on as well as, like, other teammates. But definitely coming from high school, being that guy, and then coming to college and only playing 2.3-minute game when I know that, you know, I'm I'm better than the minutes that I'm playing, it's just, it's just really a reality check to let you know that, like, you might think you're on that level, but physically you might be, but mentally you aren't. You know, so um, I can remember one of the games that gave me the most confidence of my freshman years when we played Oklahoma State. And I went out there and had 13 and I think three assists or four assists. And then the very next game after that, we played uh, Dallas Christian and I had 19. So just those two games alone gave me a, a, a big That's confidence. That's what I'm talking about. Did, did it take a while for the game to slow down for you mentally or, or was it or, or was it more of a physical adjustment? Uh, um, not necessarily as physical, but more mentally, because as I, as my career goes on, I'm still learning the game. I'm still learning how to slow down and when to attack and when not to attack and pick my pick my spots to get to. So it's still it's definitely a mental thing, but I'm, I'm working on that. I continue to get better on no that doubt, every no day. Doubt. Now, you, you talked about your first year and you talked about your most recent year. Let it take me to the middle of it. Your, your sophomore season. Tell, tell me about how, how that one was. was. Was there a corner that you turned that you can remember and speak to to me about, or, or was it more of the same as it was this year? Um, No, actually, my sophomore year was a little bit different. I kind of knew that my freshman year, we had a point guard. He was a junior at the time, coming from a junior college, you know, first team um, in a JUCO tournament, mm -hmm. in a 
Jayhawk conference. So anybody yep. knows basketball, I know that's a hard conference. So I knew I had to sit behind him. And with us going into with him going into his senior year, and then me being my sophomore year, I knew I was still kind of in the backup PG role. But I just kept a positive mindset, kept faith, and just no. I just kept telling myself I'm I'm built for this level. Like I'm I'm ready to play. So as the year went on, we had a few injuries. Um, he ended up hurting his meniscus or something like that and had to have – so coach really relied on me to, like, step up. And it wasn't it wasn't like he was looking for me to step up offensively. It was just be that vocal guy, be that person to get the defensive stop, hustle plays, energy plays, and things like that. And once I realized those things got me on the court, game after game, I just tried to figure out how can I impact the game without scoring? How can I impact the game with getting my teammates involved? How can I make sure – this person get the correct shot and this person get the, the correct amount of shots. And, you know, just basically being the glue guy was my, my sophomore year, which is totally fine with that. As long as no the doubt team about has it, success, man. I think you know? those, that's some serious knowledge you just dropped right there, man. Cause you know, in my mind and uh, I've learned what I'm about to say to you, I'm pretty sure you've heard too. Cause you know, we got a lot of the same coaches that are in the same circle. Whenever you're young, whether you're a high school student athlete or you're a college student athlete, whenever you're young, you really got two main assignments. Defensively, you got to bust your butt every possession. And then offensively, be ready to knock down an open shot. How much of that, based on your experience once you got to college, is true? And how much of that may be a little bit off? Uh, it's very true, actually, because our, our system, like we know that we have the pieces to score the ball, but – if you don't play defense, you're not going to win very many games. And with the way basketball is played now, nobody really plays defense. Like, if you watch the NBA, every score is 100 <laughs> to something Back. to 100 to something. Like, there's there's not a defense being played. And with the kid, with the younger kids watching it, they're, they're thinking, okay, if I just score the ball, I can go play anywhere. So, at this level with our coach, like, we, we pride ourselves on defense. We work on defense probably 80% of the time. And even when we are working on offense, we still have a lot of defense and we're still trying to get stops. And as far as knocking down open shots, that's that's very true. I I struggled the last two years from the three ball, but like I said, it's all about just impacting the game other than scoring. But those two factors, playing defense and being ready to knock down the shot or make a play, definitely Definitely no doubt about that. I'm I'm gonna stay on the defensive end for just a little bit because you know even though I've been in, I've been in the business of, of basketball for a little while as you have and it still kind of amazes me whenever I watch um, college basketball on television or if I'm watching professional basketball on television a lot of the principles that that you learn at the middle school and even high school level still apply um, at the higher levels of basketball. Can you remember any um, any? I guess, different dimensions of defense that you got introduced to in college that maybe you didn't in high school. Maybe it was from a terminology standpoint or from a scheme standpoint, or was it pretty much the same stuff, you know, with different words? Um, It was, it's definitely different. Like you said, like we have, we have, we know some of the same coaches from the same circle, but going from coach Barry to coach Barkley was totally different in high school. We were just not necessarily giving you space but like we gave you enough space to where if you turn we'll cut you off and here comes the trap things like that um up here it's not necessarily so many traps it's basically you have you have you're by yourself and you might have help defense and you might not so it's all about containment so our biggest thing is we try not to cut people off so like if somebody goes by our main job is to just ride them outside the paint and force them into taking a tough shot and for a while, I, I struggled with it, and I still struggle with it at times, is knowing when to ride them out and when to cut them off. So it was definitely a huge adjustment for me defensively. And just going from Coach Barry, where we're all in your face, checking the ball and hand-checking and things like that, at this level, you can't really do that because there's so many good players that can go by with one or two dribbles. You kind of have to respect them and give them their space, but also make them feel That's big time. That's, that's a major move. And I know from an ego standpoint, it's hard to just let, let your guy who's in front of you wheeling and dealing just go by you and then not try to cut them off, man. That's, that, that's big time stuff there. Yeah. Now, it, it's, we're in the off season, right? It, it's, it's the month of April. Um, walk me through a preseason and, and an off season. At the NC at the NCAA Division Two <laughs> level, because I know it's next level. Um, let's see. Let me think of one of our hardest days <laughs> we had. 
perfect example. Okay. So, wake up around 5 o'clock, 5.15. A.M., A.M. Get some fluids in you. You know, get yourself ready. Um, workout started at 5.45, 5.50 at the latest. So, we have to be down there no later than 5.30. Already stretched out. So, go to the stretch. And we're on the soccer field. So, anybody that knows the soccer field is just twice as big as a football field. So, we start at one end. And we have so many seconds to sprint down and come back before the next time start. So maybe we'll sprint down in 24 seconds. And we have into a minute to, to jog or walk all the way back to the start line to go again. We might do 10, maybe 12 of those. Then after that, we go straight into gassers, where over, over and back twice is one. And it's time. So not sure. I forgot how many. Maybe it might have been like 12 seconds to get there. St- something like that. So, gassers, do a few of those. Then we might do some sp- speed work, footwork. And then at the end of the workout, we have what we call a gut mile, where we do all our hardest workouts, whether it's stations, anything like that, full-out sprints, hardest workouts. At the end of the workout, we have a gut mile, which is four laps around the soccer field, which is a little bit more than a mile. And guards, I think we have to make it in under Ooh, five. Wait a minute. Wait just a minute. Uh, uh, more than a mile and under five? Man, that's hey, right. Got to get it. It might, be under, it might be under six. It's either under five or under six. I'm not too sure. But I know our post players it has to make it under, I think, seven. Mm. So it's somewhere around that area. You know, after we finish that for the morning workout, you know, we go to class. And most of our classes were done by one o'clock, two o'clock. So you still tired from the morning workout. So afternoon workout, we go straight to the court and it's full speed, everything for an hour, maybe even an hour and a half, just full speed, whether it's shooting drills, layup drills, defensive drills, no matter what it is, we're on the court going full speed the whole time. And then after we, after the court workout, we go straight to weights. So that's kind of our preseason. Now, postseason is a little different. Postseason, you know, we don't do things in the morning. Um, we still call our coach like during the day to get up shots, but mainly we just come in in the afternoon, knock out a thirty second. Um, I mean, not thirty second, thirty minute workout, and then we'll lift afterwards. So, like, we maybe we might do thirty minutes of ball handling, getting to the rim, ball handling, pull ups off the dribble spot shots, things like that. Then we go straight into the weight room and get out. Man, that's amazing. That, that's, a whole, that's a whole day. It sounds like you got your day mapped out for you day after day after day. But you know what? I think that's a testament to the fact that, you know, it's more of a business at that level. I'm pretty sure you and a lot of the listeners out there have heard that heard that phraseology before. But um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that you've mastered it at this point, being your, being three years in the mix figuring out how to squeeze in some time for other things. Like if you got, if you got a, a student athlete who may have to work you know, or just to go be, or, or just to be a regular kid, you know what I mean? How, how do you, how do you carve out time and find energy to just be a regular person after all of that? Oh yeah. I'm still there. You still there. I, I'm guessing you didn't hear that last question. I'm going to run that last question back just in case you missed it. How do you find time to, to be a regular 21 oh. year old kid after all of that? Um, it's a lot of people say it's hard, but after a while, when basketball has been in your life for so long, you kind of just get used to, okay, I wake up in the morning, I have to touch a basketball. So I, I kind of make my schedule go around basketball. It's not like I make basketball go around my schedule. So I put basketball first. So it's like, I know I have basketball practice, but if I, if I want to take a nap, it's like, okay, I'm going to have to take this nap before I go work out or this nap is going to have to wait till after I work out. I mean, there's times where, I mean, I'm pretty sure anybody who's been in college, you know, it's hard. Sometimes you don't eat. I Most of the time, if I got a morning workout, I'll just go straight to the morning workout, straight to class, afternoon practice, and I probably won't eat until 11 or midnight. So it's just kind of, it's kind of normal to me. You know, I'm used to it by being so many man. Man. Well, <laughs> let me ask you this, because I, I got to be honest about this, man, because whenever I was a, I was in college playing, um, 
I think I let myself slip a little bit a few times where I lost some of my edge in terms of my in terms of my hunger to keep doing the extra work that I once did. Do, do you still do you still have that fire burning in your belly to where you can go and put yourself through your own workouts, even off the clock outside of what's mandated? Oh, definitely. Um, our coaches push us to get into the gym by ourselves all the time. And um, I, I just know, like, my pops, he put it in me as a young kid to always work hard after practice or even on my own off time. So it's still – it might not be as as intense as of a workout, but I'm still going to get my workout. I'm still going to get my 100 to 200, if not more shots up. Um, still going to work on my ball handling. Still going to – a lot of people don't work on layups and wonder why they miss all the tough layups in the game. So I like to work on my layup package that's major, as well. That's major. You, you're right about that. Every time, every time, you know, the majority of the time I see cats working out in the gym, it's either spot shooting or it's off the, or it's off the dribble pulling up. You know what I mean? That, that there's a, you know, there's definitely a piece missing and you just talk to it. But now over the summer, are you, are you in a program that, that makes y'all stay there throughout the entire summer or report back early? Or do you get the whole summer to your, you know, at your own disposal? Um, no, I mean, we have, we have certain people, um, that stay over the summer, you know, uh, we have a freshman named Destin. He's from Dallas. He's staying over the summer to, um, of course get better, but also to knock out any classes that he needs to take care of to graduate on time or to graduate early. So it's not really mandatory. It's just, if, you know, you talk to coach and say, Hey, I don't want to go home this summer. I want to stay here and work on my game. He's perfectly fine with that. But me, you know, I go back home and I continue to work out just as hard as I did during the season with us playing pickup um, at Muskogee High with Coach Barry. You know, that's good. That's good. Them. Has it ever been? Have you ever found yourself um, struggling to 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 make yourself get in there and get your time in when you don't have somebody with their thumb be there at this time do this? Or is it pretty? Is it difficult when you get home under your own elements and all of that stuff? Or is it pretty much like clockwork? You get it in no matter where you are. Um, it's pretty much like clockwork. Like, like I said, I, I know, like you said, we know some of the same people. So even when I'm in Tulsa, I'll hit up Coach Walker to work out at Sepulpa or just go into the YMCA and work out by myself. You know, it's always, if you love the game of basketball, you're going to find time to get better no matter where you at. Like, even when we don't play pickup in Muskogee and the gym isn't open or the keys isn't there, like, I, I have a medicine ball, one of the heavy balls that bounce. And I'll run around Muskogee just dribbling the ball, doing dribble moves from one side of town to the other. So either way it goes, I'm going to make sure I get some type of workout in, whether I'm at home or in Tulsa or even in Oklahoma City. I'll hit up an old coach or a college coach and be like, hey, do you mind if I come get a few shots up? I won't be nothing but an hour or two. And that's that's what I try to explain to, like, my little cousin. He's starting to like basketball now, and he thinks he has to be in the gym 24-7. And I tell them, I'm like, you don't have to be in the gym for four or five, six hours. Like, you can get in there and get a quality workout an hour, hour and a half, or even shorter than that, right. as long as you're getting getting your work in, going hard at everything you do. You don't have to be in there for no four doubt or five about hours. it. It's not about the time. It's about how you spend that time, no matter how long it is. You definitely got the it's right better. idea on that one. Now, um, we- come, come, oh, no, no question. Yeah, man. Yeah, you know how they go. Shout out to Coach. <laughs> hey, but now take me – we talked about workouts, right? We talked about off-season. We talked about preseason. Now let's talk about an in-season practice. Is there a difference um, in in the the official practices before you've played your first game of the season versus a practice that's right in the middle of the season? Or is it the same level of intensity? <laughs> All right, man, we, we lost audio right there, folks. Sorry about that. You there with me? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. All right, now, listen, what I wanted to, I wanted to, to, to talk a little bit about official practices, you know, because we, we talked about the, you know, the post the off-season workouts and the, the preseason workouts, but is there a difference in the level of intensity in official practice from, from right before you guys play that first game of the year versus a practice that's right in the middle of the season, or is it pretty much the same? Uh, we try to we try to stay pretty consistent with everything we do. So whether it's the or the practice before we start conference play, 
Um, we try to keep everything consistent. So we always try to keep the same high level of intensity, guarding 100%, making sure there's no dumb, goofy turnovers off the wall, anything like that. So we try to stay pretty consistent. Of course, when you get deep off into the season, drills to change. You're not going to be running into bodies every day in practice because coach knows, okay, we need to rest our bodies or try not to have any nicks or bangs before we play this game. But we always try to go 100 miles an hour. We never want to dog in a practice because the basketball guys won't reward you. We try to just keep everything consistent as possible and go hard every day. That's a fact of the matter. Now, tell me about the competition element in that gym. And the reason I'm asking is because, you know, folks who may not be who, who may not have had the experience of playing any sport at the college level, everybody that's there was pretty much handpicked and chosen to be there. So based on yeah. that, you really don't, you really shouldn't have much, much, much fat to trim. In other words, you shouldn't have any bad players, which means anybody's job is up for grabs. How competitive are those practices at the next level? Um, We, we definitely are competitive. We compete every day. Like you said, like we have all been handpicked. So there's, there's something for the reason that we all come together and play on this one team. So, like you said, minutes are up for grab. Like, like I said, my freshman year, I went from playing 2.3 minutes a game. And then sophomore year, my minutes increased. And this year, my minutes went from that to being a starter, playing almost 30 minutes a game, close to 33. It's, it's all about the work ethic. Like, coach, people may not notice that coaches are watching, so you're going to slack off when his back is turned. But – there's a coach, especially when you have three of them in practice, like one coach is always going to watch. So we're very competitive in practice and we just try to go hard every day. No like doubt I said. about it. Now, here's, here's an interesting question. I wanted to, I like to throw this at all um, college athletes, man, you know, maybe, you know, without overexposing, man, can you think of one instance where, where you got your butt just chewed out and you knew that, okay, I, I'm at a man's level now. You know what I mean? This ain't this ain't high school hoops no more. He just got on to me in a way that if anybody outside the gym heard it, they might have been offended, man. Can you think of one of those moments where you had to kind of like, oh, snap, I got to take this one? Um, I actually can. I can't remember exactly who we were playing, but I remember I had, I had let my man score. Not let him score, but he had scored on me, you know. And came down the next possession, and I turned the ball over. And then came down the next possession, and we fouled. So, you know, coaches are already frustrated. And we have a we have a number one rule about not compounding the problem. Like, if you have a turnover, okay, fine. Just don't go down here and foul or give up a bucket. So, in my mind, that's what, that's what I was thinking about. And before I could even tell my team my fault, the coach is already calling me on the sideline. So I go over there, and, you know, I'm getting just ripped to pieces. And the thing, that, the thing that always stuck to me is always, even Coach Barry said it in high school, be a leader or be a point guard. And when I heard that, I was like, at the young age, I'm like, I really don't understand what being a point guard is. Like, I always thought being a point guard was being like Magic and John Stockton just passing the ball. But later on, I figured it out, like, being a point guard is – being the floor general, making sure everybody is cool, calm, and collected, making sure that everything is running smooth. So once I got chewed out, it was kind of like, okay, sit back, take a deep breath, and let's have No doubt about it. So so you took it like a champ, and you listened to the message instead of the tone, right? No doubt. Yeah. Now, I'm going to hit the rewind button, and we, we're going to go backwards in time just a little bit. In high school, you were a three, maybe even four, for all I know, sport athlete. I remember you playing basketball. I remember you playing baseball at one point in time in your high school career, and you played football all four years. Uh, you may have run track at some point. I don't even know, but uh, I ran track in middle school. But uh, not okay, talk okay, about okay, that. fair enough. But what, what I what I what I, uh, what I want to throw at you is, you know, I, I used to be of the mindset that hey, you need as an athlete, you need to spend more time with one sport, whichever one you decide you're going to pursue, as opposed to you know dibbling and dabbling. Because I figured that this was my philosophy way back when. It's like, if you spend just a little bit of time here and a little bit of time there and a little bit of time here, how can you really stand out at any one thing? But I ended up talking to a college coach some years back who had said, man, I only come and recruit multi-sport athletes. I love athletes who compete year round. Can you think of um, some benefits versus some, some, some detriments maybe? 
when it comes to you playing as many sports as you did, how did it help you, you know, one sport to the next? And how did it maybe hurt you if it did? Um, I don't, I don't think playing that many sports hurt me at all. You know, playing football, I love I love football growing up. And I remember when I first started playing, I actually – I went to go watch my best friend Bryson play. And he was a grade older than me, but I begged my pops to let me play football. And he told me, no, I wasn't ready yet. So when he finally gave me the chance, it was like, okay, I, I watch old film on my, on my dad playing football, so, like, I want to do this. So when I got to high school, it was just like it was just instilled in me like you work hard no matter what sport you're at. So football also helped me in basketball because growing up I was always fast. So playing football helped me get my feet right. Playing defensive back, you know, gotta have good hips, good feet. So in basketball, that kind of gave me advantage to use my quickness and use what I learned on the football field, also on the basketball court. Um, baseball was just you know just a sport that my grandpa wanted me to play because he was real good at it. So I kind of just played that for him. But what a lot of people don't know is that my senior year of high school, I haven't told anybody this, but I wasn't going to play football because I already knew that I wanted to go I play basketball. I didn't know that. But, I, I knew that you had stopped playing baseball by that point, didn't you? Yeah, I, I stopped. Me and the um, – yeah, I, I had stopped playing baseball. Yeah, I had that. no idea about the football deal. So, so you about to pull the plug on that, huh? Yeah, I kind of, I kind of was because, like, you know, my I think it was my sophomore year, we had Coach Blankenship, uh, the son, and he had just went to TU with uh, with his father. So they were like recruiting in Muskogee really, really heavy, and I went on a visit, uh, unofficial visit up there, and I liked it. Of course, I was vibe top one hundred in football and basketball, and the questions roll in. Um, which sport are you going to play? Which sport you like the most? Well, after doing that, you know, my best friend was also my quarterback. So I kicked it with him every day. So I kind of had, had – we sat down and had a talk. And he was like, man, I'm not really not really looking forward to basketball. I'm like, oh, for real? I'm like, bro, I really don't want to play football. Like, I already know, like, I want to go hoop. Like, I just want to focus on playing basketball and doing this. And, of course, I never had these talks with my parents because, of course, they're going to say you're going to play. But – um just sit down talking with Quintaz. I'm just like, man, I'm like, I, I promise you this. I'm like, if you promise me you'll play basketball, I promise you I'll play football. And when when that time came around and summer pride kicked off and we showed up that first day of football practice, we knew we had a we had to keep our word. So we just rocked with the with the things that was thrown Any at us. On that? Not at all. I I enjoy I mean, we didn't go as far as I wanted to in football, but I – I enjoyed the group of kids that I played with, like my my friend Cameron Curl, who's also a Arkansas. DB at um at Arkansas University. Me and him had a great relationship in the in the secondary. Like it was never he I mean, like I led the team in tackles for three three years mm-hmm. after my freshman year, and my goal was to always try to lead the state or be the top three in the state in interceptions. And when he came and me and him worked together. He worked hard. I worked hard. And he just got better and better and better. He ended up being one of the better safeties that we had. So I'm just like, okay, you handle your business. I'm going to handle mine. We're going to try to make this work to be one of the top defenses in the in the state. So we, we kind of – we pushed each other. And he just – there would be days where I would be like, man, I'm sore. And Cameron would just come around like, no, nah, we got we got to take care of business. Come on. So we kind of just competed with each other. Then – Going to basketball with Quintaj just made it even even better because I knew he necessarily wasn't feeling basketball, but the days where he was down or didn't want to practice, I'm like, hey, remember what you said? Come on, we gotta we gotta get this taken care of. So I really don't have any regrets leaving high school. I'm glad I played both sports and developed the relationships that I did. That's with a beautiful people. thing, man. Always finish what you start. Now, um, I, I want to throw this at you too because this is this is something that um that that you see a lot in sports and. A lot of a lot of the student athletes may not understand this level of the business, but coaches come and go, right? And I can remember during your time in high school, um, on in, in basketball and football, you dealt with uh, a coaching change. Uh, I'm talking about at, at the top in terms of the head coaches. Man, do w- yeah. was it ever rough for you to make an adjustment from one 
head coach to the next in terms of, you know, trust and building a relationship and believing in what they're selling? Or was it a pretty seamless transition for you every time on football or basketball? I mean, I'm going to start I'm going to start with basketball because that's what I remember the most. Um, I remember being the only this is when Coach Allison and Coach Scott was in Muskogee. I remember being the only middle schooler in Muskogee in the gym with nothing but varsity players at six o'clock in the morning mm. working out with them. And it wasn't necessarily like, oh, you can come work out. It was Coach Allison like you better be here at six fifteen on the court right. ready to go. And I just I just remember that and everybody might like the kids nowadays they're terrified to play against competition, but I was four foot nothing playing against people who was already six one, six two at the time. So just developing that relationship with Coach Allison, knowing that he had that that trust in me and saw the light in me that I could be something. He brought me in at a young age and Coach Scott going along with it, like allowing me to practice. And then a couple years later we get Coach Williams. Me and him we wasn't too close, but I, I knew him. I was up there during the summer. I was probably in eighth grade when this happened. And then he ended up leaving. He got a better opportunity for him and his family. And then Coach Barry had moved in with his own set of uh, rules and coaching staff. And it's I had met Coach Barry. Funny thing, I had met Coach Barry a couple of years before he even took the Muskogee job. I went to a football camp um, at Booker T. And that's when I first met him and didn't realize it. But when he got to Muskogee, it was just like, you know, if you work hard, you're going to play. You spend time in the gym, it's going to show you're going to play. And like you said, the relationships we developed, like still to this day, one of my favorite coaches is Wayne Jackson. And we stay in touch, if not every day, every other day. So it's just, you know, just a matter about if, if you're working hard. If you don't work hard, it's, it doesn't matter what coach you're going to get. It doesn't matter if you was – the top player when this coach left, if you don't work hard, then that next coach, he's just going to put you on the bench no matter how. At least that's how it should be. You know what I mean? Well, we know some, we know some cats out there that do it a little differently, but the way you broke it down is the way I agree. Now, um, coming in, coming in, I remember you coming in as a freshman in high school and you know, y'all's freshman team was loaded. You know what I mean? Y'all boys were tough as hell. And, um, you know, the you guys seem to be pretty close with the upperclassmen at that time. And what I'm getting at is I think it's sort of, uh, I don't want to say a lost art, but it's not to the level that I would like it to be from, you know, just from a, a purist of the sport. I love the fact um, whenever the young guys come into the program, whether we're talking high school, we're talking college, whatever, and the veterans embrace them and, and, and show them how it's done and, and bring them along. You know what I'm saying? But I think, I think that the the veterans have to do it a certain way to where they don't come across as if they're, they're trying to boss people around and bruise the ego. And then I think on the part of the youngsters, they got to be open enough to take that to take that leadership being given to them, man. How was it for you, you know, um, being a youngster coming in and then once you got to be a senior in high school, being one of the leaders of the program, how did you pay all that information forward? Um. Definitely being the like like you said, our freshman class was good. And what made it special is that we were not too younger, not too young than the older kids. So they were maybe like a year or two older than us. And we had already played football together growing up. We had already been to middle school with each other growing up. So it's kinda like a respect factor, like, okay, we know if you tell us something, it's not necessarily bossing us around. No matter how you say it, it's like, okay, I'm a I'm gonna listen to you, bro. Like you got it. Like I got your back. Let's go. So it was more of a fact, like, when we came in, of course, like, we had our freshman team and then it was varsity. It was never like, oh, I'm better than you because I'm on varsity. Because we could always reflect back, like, man, you remember when we was in middle school and I dropped 20 <laughs> on you? But you better. But, like, that's the conversations we had. But it was always a respect factor. And then me, like, our class growing to be seniors, it was just like, okay, now it's our turn to show them how we work. And – I mean, there would be practices where we would, like every competitive practice, we would get into it, you know, get into little scuffles. But it was never bad intentions to hurt our teammate. It was just like, okay, we in the heat of the moment, argument started, boom, boom, bam, after practice, it's over with. So it was kind of like, like you said, a, a chemistry thing. Like the kids under us, they necessarily, I don't want to say they looked up to us, but they was like, man, I want to I wanna be that guy where Coach Barry trusts us enough to, take this shot without getting pulled out or 
I want to be this guy that Coach Barry trusted enough to leave in at the last minute of the game, knowing that I can get a stop. It was just things like that that we just helped the younger classmen out. Like, hey, it, it, you can score all the buckets you want, but if you're not going to play defense, you're not going to play. And that's kind of what Coach Barry instilled in us as a freshman was just stay in front, play defense, and play hard, and you're going that's to be a on fact the court. of the matter. Now you've been you've been talking a lot about teammates. I don't want you to uh, name anybody, but at any level, have you ever had a teammate that that, that you didn't like, and, and, and you know that that relationship never never turned into a really good one? And if so, was it did it ever affect the affect the task, or were y'all still able to handle business? Um, I I really don't think there was a teammate that That's I didn't like, man. Because now I want to ask another question: um, Do you think that it makes Let's look at basketball or whatever sport you play as your job, right? In your opinion, yes, do, you think, do you think do you think having a good personal relationship with the people you have to work with every day helps work be more enjoyable, or does it matter? Um, I feel like it's, it definitely matters because nobody wants to go to work and be with a bunch of people that they don't like. That's kind of like your friend inviting you to go to a party and you ask who's all there and they literally name everybody that you either had a problem with that don't like you or you don't like them. Like you, you're not going to want to be there. Like it's not going to be fun. So I, I definitely feel like having a personal relationship. I mean, you don't have to be like extra personal where it's like, Hey, what did you eat yeah. last night? But, you don't have to be besties. <laughs> yeah. You should definitely have a, a, a good enough relationship to where like, if you needed advice and, you can go to that friend, whether it, it hurts you or it made you a better person. You should always have that one person you can go to or maybe even two to just talk to. So a personal relationship is definitely important in sports or in the work no field. No doubt about it. Now I got to talk to you about AAU. That, that, that's, about the only, that's about the only branch uh, of your, your athletic experience that we haven't covered at this point. And I, I'm a proponent of, a, of AAU basketball myself. You know, I got to see a lot of cities and states that I probably otherwise wouldn't have had it not been for playing uh, AAU basketball and what I thought was impressive about your journey in that regard is that you lived you lived in Muskogee which is off the beaten path you know it, it's further from the metro area than than just a few minutes you know what I mean and so um yeah. you you know being talented and good enough as a player to catch somebody's eye opportunity I thought that was great but um uh, talk about the impact that playing AAU basketball had on on your game growing um I'm going to take it back to when I first started playing AAU. So don't laugh at our names. We just we were young <laughs> at the time. So our first AAU team, was, our name was called the Fly, the, the Fighting Yeah, yeah, Monkeys. yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, now, I, don't, I, don't necessarily, I don't necessarily like the monkey part, but you can understand why. But, yeah, that's still crazy. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, at that time, I'm thinking, like, this is just a basketball team, you know. But um, playing with them, they were all out of Fort Gibson. We had one person that was from another town. We were, we were good. Like we were better than every team that we played in the Tulsa area or even in the Oklahoma City area at the time. And over the years, we just kept that team together and kept that team together until we got to high school. And we ended up changing our name from the Fighting Monkeys to the Fighting Pineapples. That was my freshman, <laughs> and picked out our uniforms. And then we added a few pieces. You know, we added Tremar Ivy. Um, Adrian Williams from out of Piedmont, um, another dude named Adrian from Owasso, who was a big household name at Owasso. And we just, it was never, okay, you take this shot and I'm going to take this shot. It was just always, hey, as long as we win, I don't care who scores 20, I don't care who had two points. And then from there, we went to the Outlaws, which we went to the uh, MAYB tournament and we came in second. And the beautiful thing about, AAU is you connect with so many people that you don't know, like from different states. Like I've played against so many people. I'm pretty sure everybody knows his name. Um, I play. I even played against my high school. I played against Alonzo mm -hmm. Cheer and AAU. He's a pro now. Um, I played against um, Chauncey Collins, mm -hmm. who's a pro in overseas. Um, I played against Shake Milton, who went yep. to Owasso and played mm -hmm. the Sixers now. Um. Played against Sean Oldman. He went to Union High School and played at TCU for a year. So it's just it's Stephen Parker that's in the NFL right now. It's just a, a beautiful way to connect. And then my senior year, after 
after my junior year, we had all broke up because everybody was older than me. So everybody was already in college. So, you know, college ball takes over at AU. So I had to find another team. Well, uh, my mom had got wind of a team out of Oklahoma City called the Oklahoma mm-hmm. Wizards. And uh, they told me to come up there and try out, say that they had, had their eye on me for a while, you know. And during the tryouts, I thought I did horrible. Now, I was I was frustrated. I was telling my mom to my pops, like, I'm, I don't think I made the team. Like, I didn't do too well. And I go home. A couple of days pass by. They said they was going to call us if you made it. I never got a call. So, in my head, I'm just like, man, like, I really just got cut for my first team in my life. And I, they called me. They're like, hey, we want you to play on our 17 uh, U team. You're like, would you like to play? And of course, I said yes. But that that team were that team was so special to me because we all came from a different background. Like we all came from different areas, and for us to come together and just play the way we did, like we played seven a total of seven tournaments, and I think we won three out of the seven. And they they weren't easy tournaments, so like we had to compete. But as far as the relationships, like we spoke in the last task, the relationships that we built, like. One of my closest friends, his name is Elijah Clark. He uh, plays at Missouri Southern. Me and him talk every day. Like, we're practically family now. That's how close we've gotten since our senior year of high school, just playing AAU ball together. Man, um, you can't duplicate that at all. My, my, my other friend, Darius Roy, who also played at um, – he went to Mercer, a mm-hmm. D1, and transferred to Connors and now plays for uh, Milwaukee University. Me and him, we don't talk every day, but we know, like, if we see each other in person, like, we can pick up, like, we never left off. Um, Kalen uh, Woodson, he goes to MacU, one of the funniest dudes I've ever met in my life. And just to think about us not knowing each other a month before we tried out for the team and looking at it now was just like, man, basketball just helps. AAU basketball helps, like, you connect with so many people. And then again, AAU basketball, like, you never know who else is watching. So you might, like, for instance, I've never seen Coach K. I've never seen Roy Williams. I've never seen Bob Huggins. And I've seen them on TV, but I haven't seen them in person. And our last tournament, we played in a MoCan tournament against, um, speaking of who I played against, played against Trey Young and Michael Porter. There you go, then. There's probably and, um, names right there. We played against them in the championship of their own tournament up in Kansas. And I can just remember – for the championship, the game is our court is packed, and at the time, Coach Barry had his AAU team there watching us to show him like the ropes of how the game is supposed to be played. So I remember just looking around in warmups, and I see Bob Huggins walk in with the jumpsuit, see Coach K walk in, a bunch of other D1 coaches and D2 and D3 and JUCO coaches, and looking over past the coaches was the third and fourth place team, and there was nobody watching that. So I'm just sitting there. I'm just like, man, like this is. This is nice. Like, I get to showcase what I got in front of multiple coaches, scouts, maybe a few agents if they're pro agents if they're there. And it's just, it was just a a big experience and a blessing for me to be on that stage and to see all of that come together. Like, like knowing you, you know, I I was uh, keeping a tab on you throughout that whole experience. So I remember that time frame you're talking about. And you definitely put up. And, and put on, you know, and, and you earned yourself. I think that may have been a big part of you earning your scholarship at Roger State. You know what I mean? So definitely got to salute you on sure. making do. Now, I got you've been more than gracious with your time, man. So I got about two or three more things I want to throw at you, and I'm going to turn you loose and let you get back to doing your, doing your thing. But the first thing, all right, your last season is coming up. You're getting ready to be a senior in college, and, uh, you know, I'm not sure what your, what your, your aspirations are as it pertains to basketball beyond next season. But what type of team, based on what you guys have now, do you anticipate that y'all will be putting on the floor next year? Will, will y'all will y'all be stronger than you were this season? Do you do you anticipate a bigger a bigger role that you'll be playing personally? How you break it down? Um, I I talking with the coaching staff, I definitely understand that my role is going to be extended a lot longer. You know, um, I'm looked at more of a like I said, the point guard. So I'm looked at more of a leader than just somebody on the court taking those space, you know, but I definitely have faith in my teammates. Um, I believe that we're going to come back stronger. We just um, moved to another division, the MIAA. So anybody that knows college basketball knows that's, that's the, that's a great league. It's a hard league. Um, 
So we're out recruiting right now, trying to find the best of the best and bring them here with us so we can connect and hopefully try to win, win the ring. And while I'm on that subject, you know, I, 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 I go back to Muskogee and I see people, you know, the kids around and I just, you know, I just talk to them like, uh, you've been in the gym, you do this, you do that. And their side conversation is, is funny to me. Cause I could hear, I remember one time I'm in the gym and a kid said, man, I'll never go Juco or I'll never go D3 or D3. Boy, and they don't, they don't have a clue, do they? Yeah. Me, me personally, like, I don't like to bust people bubble, but I'm, I'm also going to keep it real with you. Like, I'm going to ask you, like, do you think you're a D1 athlete? And if the answer is no, I mean, yes, I'm going to tell them they're not because the, the, the work that you put in doesn't, doesn't show that. And you say you don't be, you don't want to be a, you would never go to a D2 school. Most people don't know a lot of D1 athletes who were top in their state go to a mm-hmm. D2 school. Some of them go JUCO. It's not about just because you go JUCO means you're, you're not a good player. JUCO is kind of like, I don't want to say a prep school, but it's kind of like getting you ready mm-hmm. for the next level. Like, okay, you were good in high school, but you just need a little bit more coaching, you need a little bit more of this and that. So here, go to go to Connor State, go to Cali, go to Independence, and learn those things you need to learn to make you become a better player. And I just don't I just don't think kids these days understand that. Like it's not about being the next Zion Williams. I mean, I I want you to have confidence in yourself. But I also wanted to keep it. I want to keep your. I want you to keep it real with yourself. That way, you don't let yourself down. Because I'm always. I'm always tell you up front that you're, you're not that player that you think you are. And I've been told that. Like I was in high school. I once said, "Yeah, I'm, I want to go D1 in football. I want to go D1 in basketball." But I had coaches sit me down. And it was like, "Listen, hey, that might not be a realistic thing. So you have to think the the next possibility." And once I once I came to that agreement with myself, like, okay, maybe I'm not a D1 athlete. Now it's time to work harder to make sure I don't fall anything less below that and make sure I stay on top of my game to where if I do go JUCO or D2 or D3, I want to be at the top of that, at the top of that league, at the top of that division in my mind. So I just, I think it's just funny to hear kids say that they won't go to a certain level, but you know, that's, just, you know, that's, that, just that, that's the experience that you've gained since being out here, man. And I will tell you this second thing I want to throw at you second to last. All right. I don't I think that nobody gets all of what they want totally alone. I, and I don't think that if anybody gets to where they ultimately want to be totally alone. So give me some of your some of your top influences, man. And I'm not talking about just in the realm of sport, but in life in in general. Like who, who are your go to people? Um, well, I, I have a lot, actually, just for different different situations. Of course, my mom would be number one for any anything gotcha. that I need. But. As far as sports um, or just, like, a life talk in general, um, I talk to my pops a lot. Like, I can just I can just pull up at the house and me and him can just get started on the conversation and talk for hours. Um, I call Coach Barry a lot. The funny thing is, my freshman year when I wasn't playing at the semester, I was so frustrated with myself because I, I felt like I was better than what the minutes sure. I was given. Um, I I actually called Coach Barry and Coach Carson and told them that I kind of wanted, like, I be there, like, I wanted to, wanted to go to a JUCO, I wanted to start over, but they, you know, they, they explained to me, like, okay, there's a lot of good JUCOs, but you have to realize you're going to have to go through the same process of proving yourself to this coach that you can play, and I, I was always taught, like, you never quit what you started, so I'm like, okay, well, I started this, so I'm, I'm, I'm gonna finish it. And you know, I just talked to Coach Barry. They helped me out through that process. Him and Coach um, Coach Carter, and you know, it worked out for the best, as you can see. But um, I definitely talked to my grandpa. Hey man, that might be the coolest cat down there, man. <laughs> That's the coolest cat. I definitely talked to my grandpa a lot. I can just call him, and we can just talk about anything. He'll bring up old memories of me playing, or um, like I said, my little cousin Isaiah. He's starting to like the like the ba- game of basketball now. He was a baseball fanatic, but he's starting to like to pick up the ball and like the way it bounced. So my grandpa always compare me and him as a kid, and he'd be like, "Man, Isaiah played just like you. How you used to jump the pass lane and go get a layup. He do that all the time." And you know, it just it just makes me proud that my my little cousin looks up to me and not necessarily want to be want to be me, but you know, want to do the things that I accomplish, if not 
accomplish more. So it's just a blessing to have those people around and just to be able to talk to them about certain things in different situations. It's always good to have That's a good a beautiful support thing, system. man. You're absolutely right. And a lot of people don't have it. So it's glad to hear. I'm glad to hear that you cherish that and you don't take it for granted, man. Last thing. At some point, like like a good my good friend, uh, that you you know him too, Rudell Wilson, man. Rudell would always when he would. Oh yeah, uh, Coach Rudell actually got he actually taught me how to do a layup. <laughs> that's I right in his wheelhouse. We, we was at we was at the um we was at the armory at the time. That's what it was called. It's called the armory. And I remember he put a he put pieces of tape down, and as I was dribbling, he was like, right foot go, left foot go here, then your right foot, then you jump on the second X, and you know, I, I got I got a lot of respect for Coach uh, Coach Wilson. Of course, that uh, he's known me all my life. Him and Miss Sherry, and me and Aaliyah growing up together, and me knowing Devontae and Alexis. So, shout out to shout out oh, to no Coach Wilson. No doubt, man. I, I I owe that man a phone call. But uh, the the reason the reason I had to bring him up is because you know you you know him as well as well as I do. That man got some quality wisdom about him. And one thing that he would always preach. Uh, to those girls whenever we were coaching together down there he would say at some point that ball is gonna stop bouncing and you gotta and you gotta figure out uh who you are after that and what you're gonna do with yourself so i say that to you to to ask you what, what what's your major man what what degree are you pursuing right now um right now i'm in sports management hey, okay 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 you, you on track to graduate Oh yes. <laughs> so okay, so if it goes like it's supposed to, we're talking about you're gonna be walking across that stage getting that paperwork May twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty. Okay, okay, okay. Well, congratulations in advance, my man. And I know you. I knew you and your mom gonna do it the right way in terms of sending the invitations. I'm gonna need that because you. I, I don't watch you this far. I gotta definitely make sure I see you through, man. And uh, I appreciate you spending time with your boy. Nothing but luck. Um, Nothing but well wishes moving forward, and I'm going to definitely have my butt in one of them seats when I'm watching you go through your last run, my man. I appreciate you. No doubt. Man, folks, for listening, I appreciate y'all, and we're going to hit you next week. We out.